Welcome to Frontier 3, presented by PatSnap. In this 20-episode podcast series, we'll be unpacking the innovation ecosystem of Web3. From tokenized physical goods to the digital assets and smart contracts that will build the metaverse, Web3 is one of the biggest technological and socioeconomic paradigm shifts in history. Join PatSnap's co-founder, Ray Chohan, for a fascinating deep dive into how Web3 will fundamentally change how we live, work, and play. Welcome to Frontier 3. Hi there, and welcome back to Episode 2 of Frontier 3. Today, our host, Ray Chohan, sits down with Sergey Lotz. Serge is a Web3 builder with a focus on NFTs. He has worked in different startup and web agencies for 12 years and is now involved in several Web3 ventures as project and product lead. He is also researching blockchain technology as part of the Central for Digital Technology and Management in Munich. We hope you enjoy today's fascinating conversation between Ray and Sergey. Enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you by PatSnap. Learn how to unlock your limitless innovation potential with connected innovation intelligence. CII is an AI-powered technology that comes through millions of disparate data points, segments them by industry and relevance, and weaves the insights together to create a meaningful narrative. The result? A holistic 360-degree market view where you can easily spot risks, identify opportunities, and accelerate the pace of innovation. We created the definitive guide to connected innovation intelligence to give you an in-depth understanding of how CII can help your business innovate better. If you want to grab a copy of this, head over to patsnap.com or click the link in the description of this podcast to get it today. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into today's episode. Welcome, sir. Really excited to be catching up with you today. I know we've been going back and forth on LinkedIn for quite a while, but welcome. And would love to kick off, Serge, with your backstory, because you've got an interesting journey there with Gitcoin. Obviously, you've been an entrepreneur in residence at a few organizations. You've got a background in product. So I'd love to hear your background story and how you ended up in the wonderful world of Web3. Sure. Hi, Ray. And yeah, nice to be here. Um, pleasure to talk to you. And yes, so I'm in this field already like over 10 years and developing uh, applications on the web. I started as a front-end developer, an agency, and then I kind of shifted towards product design because I felt like I want more connection to the people. And uh, so I shifted my career to, towards that. And later I went more for the um, uh, managing positions like um, product owner, product manager, and was still focusing most of the time on Web2 and software as a service um, businesses and business models. And um, then I went to Munich because they have, um, like I was in Berlin before and then I went to Munich and because they have here a very nice entrepreneurial scene, especially for, um, let's say, students. So I also registered myself as a student, joined um, an initiative called CDTM. It's very famous here in Germany. They're basically a center for digital technology and management and they produce, let's say, most of the unicorn startups from Germany coming from, from the center. So very strong team there and um, strong people you meet, very entrepreneurial as well. And while being there, um, I was exploring, of course, multiple um, 
yeah directions what to do with my entrepreneurial journey so i went into video as well joined some companies there tried out um my skills and then um i also was thinking about ai and augmented reality and then i also stumbled upon web3 so before that i knew of course crypto and was also investing just you know buying coins um, a few years ago like starting 2017 i think buying Ethereum, Bitcoin, stuff like this, but just more as an, as an investment, you know? And this year, in the beginning of this year, I really discovered that you can finally build real applications on the blockchain, like on the Ethereum blockchain, where people can use it indeed. So it's not just some speculation, but you can really create applications which, which um, create uh, value, bring value to the people, and basically also get get paid in ethereum the cryptocurrency and it got my mind really tickling and working and i saw then the nfts and i thought damn this is so easy this is finally like a vehicle to get so many people to understand blockchain because it's so more tangible everyone kind of understands collectibles they understand trading cards postal uh, stamp marks and um, the nfts are the perfect way to onboard these people into this whole blockchain web free ecosystem so i thought okay this is the chance like it was 2008 with the app store like it was 1995 with web 1.0 i don't want to miss it so i canceled all of my endeavors until then and completely focused on building in web free as i have my background in development and product and also entrepreneurship i could of course start already just by my own but quickly i also found um, other people who are interested in this developers designers and also fellow entrepreneurs so currently i'm working in multiple projects uh, focusing on web free on nfts and yeah bringing more people into the space and yeah of course also creating value to the people who are already into the space and along the journey, of course, I joined Gitcoin. They had this amazing program called Kernel. And it's perfectly for someone who is um, has this background of development or is an entrepreneur or like a business background and really is um, motivated to get into Web3 space. They give you eight weeks of intensive, um, let's say, meetings like this zoom calls there are mentoring sessions fireside chats and they help you to understand the free better and also to work on your own idea it's kind of y combinator uh has, has a y combinator um vibe to it exactly and while uh, i was doing this i was always joining a lot of if global hackathons where i learned further developers and also deepened my knowledge into web free so this was my journey i'll say till half of this year and yeah Excellent. So, so it's interesting. So you, you first dip your toe from a speculation standpoint back in 2017, probably like the majority, right? Just uh, doing some investing in ETH and BTC, which is a kind of gives you skin in the game and can activate your learning curve. But I, I remember there being pretty much a, a crypto winter in 2018 and 2019. So did you kind of back off in those two years and was it really nfts which really sucked you back into web3 and and wanting to participate and explore building in that space because I, i'm hearing that quite a lot it's it's interesting it looks like nfts are hopefully a great trojan horse not only to get consumers brothers and sisters mums and dads understanding what the hell the blockchain is in the first place in web3 but also it looks like it also activated builders and entrepreneurs to go wow there's actually some kind of mass well mini big adoption happening and nfts are kind of quite close to the consumer so 
I was curious, did you back off in 2018, 2019, and it was really NFTs which brought you back into the ecosystem? Yes, you nailed it perfectly. Exactly. So as it was the crypto winter, of course, I haven't sold anything. I just was still like buying from time to time more. But I was indeed just, you know, knowing, okay, this is like some kind of asset just to invest to. And I was not looking further into it, like what you can build of it. I was just, you know, investing in interesting projects, which sounds nice, but I never had the thought about, hey, let's build something in Ethereum or hey, let's do something with Solana. Never came to my mind until indeed in the beginning of this year, I discovered uh, Web3 and actually at the same time also NFTs because I think this this um, just it, it showcases you so easily the concept of ownership, which is one of the fund- fundaments of Web3. And with this, you can build so much more. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. I definitely think the NFT uh, is that kind of uh, mass market learning opportunity and participating opportunity i think that's what it's kind of played out which surprised me actually with a i think it was mba top shots wasn't it in yes. just literally what jan feb of this year not too far long ago right yeah right. Like, i must say a month in this space is already like a year <laughs> it's yeah, so fast it, it, it's, a, it's absolutely crazy so so just unpacking web3 because there's so many elements of web3 which are which seem to be exponentially grabbing attention, uh, increasing developer activity, startup creation, capital flows. So that obviously you got things happening in DeFi, social tokens, which I think will come after NFTs maybe, and obviously naturally NFTs themselves, and then a whole bunch of other uh, kind of layer one and layer two activity ha- happening at the kind of picks and shovels end of the ecosystem but but for you how would you describe nfts because i hear different examples of that description like everyone says how would you explain nfts to your brother and sister if they weren't in web3 so what is your simple explanation imagine i'm a 14 year old kid i'm a nephew for example and you're trying to explain to me what it what are, what's an nft what is Web3? How would you explain it? Well, I would explain them. It's you. Know, what's your own for, for sure on the internet. So, for example, you have your own things. You have like, let's say, toys. Yeah, you have your toys which belong to you. And this is the same that you can have as an NFT. You can have uh, something like this, something of value which can belong to you on the internet and for sure, like no one can take it away. And actually it's even better than what you have in the real world because in the real world, let's imagine you have a car, still someone can come and steal it or someone can come and take it away from you by force, of course, right? And this is not, cannot happen with you on Web3 with your own wallet because when something is there in your wallet, only you have access to it and you own it for sure. So it's basically an ownership on the internet. Okay. And and Web three as a as the next computing primitive, what what excites you? What what are some of the big macros? So looking at it, surge from a hundred thousand foot overview. What are some of the primitives that really get you excited and make you want to jump into this new paradigm? Yeah, so definitely that you can have your ownership for the first time of things. This is like what I mentioned before. This is for me one of the most important. Um, primitives and then also I would say interoperability uh, interoperability so basically that everyone 
can see what is there on the blockchain. And this is the magic about it. Because yes, maybe before in Web1 as well, you can have your own server and you will have your things there and they also belong to you because you control the server, right? The thing here is it's on the blockchain and yeah, it is owned by you, but it's visible for everyone. And with this interoperability, our developers, for example, can do something with the stuff you own they, can, for example, can create a game, right? But you can then log into this game and you can use all of your, let's say the example from before, all of your toys as your skins, for example, or as your weapons in, the, in a shooter game, right? You can just use these assets right away without uh, giving some, some special permission before or like doing, doing some, some extra contract with them. And this is, the say, two of the most uh, important uh, primitives for me of Web3. And in terms, obviously, the market's been moving exponentially this year with, with so much attention, startup creation, uh, investor activity, kind of mainstream consciousness. It's pretty much in CNBC, Bloomberg, pretty much every day in all the kind of major tabloids. Um, much of the stuff I read, I feel like they don't really know what they're talking about. It's just kind of clickbait or catching headlines. But going now into 2022, what do you see some of the big events next year? So, so this year has been a year of building and building the community. What excites you around Web3, NFTs, social tokens? Is, it, is there something in specific you're, you're, you're kind of, you think is going to be a big event? Yeah, so I think what already now kind of is set in stone for the next years is Metaverse. So also Facebook is now even pushing it so hard with renaming themselves to Meta and everyone else is now following. So I will guess Microsoft and co, they will follow the steps as well. So basically bringing this, um, yeah, NFTs uh, to everyone, this digital ownership, and then basically creating worlds where you can, yeah, just something like you, ha you have seen in the movie Ready Player One, right? So you basically have this virtual worlds. I think this will be like building those will be the topic of the next years. So I think also more focused on the gaming in the first um, place, like where I see the major uh, volume coming from. But overall, what will really make Web3 and everything big is indeed social and uh, creator economy. So when let's imagine all the influencers will have their own NFTs and they will also somehow through them, or let's say maybe, I mean, NFTs, the standard as well, it's developing. There will be more functionality added to it as well. But let's imagine they will have somehow all their followers uh, as NFTs or each of the followers will have NFT from them. So basically they always have them with them. It does not depend on the platform anymore, but basically you can just go and leave, let's say, Instagram with your 1 million followers because you have them on the blockchain. You just can go to another Instagram, which has maybe better interface or better features, uh, XYZ, I don't know. But this is what will make it really big because then people will understand, okay, I'm completely independent. I can just take my people where I want them to be. And then also people will understand, hey, I can basically invest in this person because now I have basically their NFT part of them. And usually what makes NFT interesting in terms of um, monetary value is, of course, when they are scarce. So this person maybe will say, okay, these are my... 10,000, let's imagine this influencer with 1 million followers and uh, this influencer will say, hey, yeah, 10,000 of my core fans NFTs. And if you get this, you have access to my special private club or like messaging or something. 
And then, of course, uh, those NFTs will also raise in value because um, if the influencer keeps growing and doing more stuff, more people will come in and will start say, hey, I want to get into it. And I think this will be a huge thing because then people will understand, wow, I can invest in people like I can invest in stocks. And this will be so huge. Because then, like, I also don't know how the VC funds and everyone will be, will react because then the people <laughs> will have so much power. They can then also fundraise a lot of, of money just because they are and not because they, they they ask some VC for this. I mean, actually, right now, there's a great example how web, how powerful Web3 is. There's right now Constitution DAO um, going on and they are um, collecting money for to buy the US constitution from Sotheby's, um, I think today or tomorrow is the auction. And they had a goal to collect 20 million in Ethereum um, to buy it as a collective. And so we will, you will get back some kind of token which you, represents uh, your um, kind of ownership of, of this um, fractionalized ownership of this piece. But um, they collected, I think, already over 30 million in, Ethere- in Ethereum. Um, uh, 30 million USD in Ethereum to buy this, um, and it's just it's, these are still the beginnings. I mean, how many people are into Web3 right now, right? And they already can collect such huge amounts of money. So this will be really huge, and still influence also the whole uh, fundraising and crowdfunding a lot. So yeah, I think, but this is like deeper future. I will say like maybe three to five years, but in a short term, I think next years we will see a lot focusing on metaverse and gaming and basically you know, all of what you have like skins in the game which are also tradable right now. Like for example, if you look at games like Fortnite, people are buying expensive skins there just to show off, right? And this whole thing will just get onto the chain. So basically the people can trade it wherever and can have maybe better deals, better, better marketplaces for it. And yeah, because they already know it, how it works. It's nothing new, just a different technology, which gives you more possibilities. And then the masses will come really with the creator economy. Yeah. And Serge, you shared a lot there. And and we're hearing this pretty much every other day, obviously the upside of NFTs, of social tokens. But I'd like to unpack utility right so you described a couple of a couple of examples of uh, a compelling influencer having one min, one million followers but in terms of fractionalized ownership in their nft they only have ten thousand. so automatically you've got some form of uh supply side scarcity there right yeah but in terms of the utility of me owning say the surge token like, what will that really look like? Because at, at the moment, I do hear some examples, but maybe I'm a I'm an 80s kid, right? And kind of more Web 2 in terms of the way I grew up. It, it, it's, I was trying to explain it to my wife, Serge, and she goes, oh, honey, is that like a voucher then? It's like, well, you have vouchers to a certain restaurant and we might get preference to book a table at short notice or discount on certain types of meals. And that, that was her quick analog knee-jerk way of thinking about uh, NFTs and social tokens or having a token in an influencer. But that seemed to me not so compelling when I think about it. It seems kind of cool, but not in a way that you'd have 
hundred grab it in this way. That makes sense. Like it, it didn't seem as juicy enough for me. Yeah, it's not juicy enough, but I think it's, it's it can be described like that kinda in in the way that you buy a voucher, but maybe also something which is really cannot expire more or less, and also which is tradable with the whole world, and actually also just by you having it in your wallet, people can send you bits on it like without you doing anything because it's visible for everyone for example when you think about open sea in their marketplace everyone can see you have this let's say voucher right and they can bid on it so it's actually sexier i think like this but i, I agree the, the description could be more juicy and let me give you like some maybe examples of utility let's say if i would release an own uh nft or like a, a token what it could be so definitely what many people do is just gated access and so you'd say you have your discord community or telegram group and the people can only go and uh, read it or like newsletter let's say when you have this token it's like a very simple one. Then I think the greatest example uh, right now um, is Gary V with his collection V Friends. So he released, I think, 10,000 of them and 9,000 of them are just admission to his um, next three conferences. Uh, mm-hmm. And 1,000 of them are special. Some of them allow you to have a dinner with him or have a a podcast episode of him. And when you think about this, for example, this utility is super powerful because imagine you buy it now, you don't use it, you just keep it. And then let's say he grows and grows and grows and his audience becomes like 10 million, 20 million more. And then of course, this place in his podcast, of course, also grows. So it's basically, again, you you can sell it for so much uh, higher amounts as you bought so you can see it as an investment and i think when when you think about this this way it's way, way more interesting because you're already part of the club you're enjoying all the benefits right now and still you know okay you can every time you can sell it and get even more what you have paid for it originally although you've been using it the whole time i think this is super fascinating for me okay holy shit that example's good then so gary v now who's already huge you buy one of his tokens you hold because you think Gary Vee's is going to continue to charge forward and a 20 minute kind of media session with him, be it a pod, be it a YouTube video. It is probably going to be super value. I mean, it's valuable now, right? But probably even more valuable in five, six years. Yes. Yeah, so, so he only has, let's say, I think it's very few, actually. I think there are only five or maybe 10 of those uh, NFTs which allow you even to do this. And the cool thing is, I think there's even like a, a method implemented. So you can basically use up this podcast thing, but you still have all the other, um, let's say, access just by holding it. So maybe you will not have this podcast session anymore, but you can still access the private Discord, the chat rooms, etc. Yeah, this is interesting. Like, what does this do to the traditional capital markets? Because in essence, this is opening up brand new asset classes at rapid pace. And the traditional guys and girls have no bloody clue about this, really. So it seems like the knowledge to execute in this market and 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 do good work and and for some folks let's face it it's going to be about gains right capital gain uh, kind mm-hmm. of increasing their um their size and value of their portfolio in a way so just opens up a brand new gdp in essence right like a, a whole new mini economy yeah yeah 
That's fascinating because you also what I what I see a lot right now already in this NFT space, people see it even like usually when you invest like in stocks of the company, like you have maybe if you have a lot of them, you can vote right there like this yearly or quarterly times where you can also even give out your vote and stuff like this. But here right now, what I see a lot of people really see them even more than investor, like definitely more than a fan, more than investor. They really engage. They feel like or like they also do change even the, the project influence the project and the people really get also the best thoughts out there because they can see with their um input they can also influence the project and they can make uh, it even go even more higher so basically you you get all of this motivation from people and i think definitely this will change economy a lot also i think a lot of current web 2 businesses will um either be fast enough to convert to this new business models based on this ownership of the people, like people who own the data themselves or own the tokens, or they will make space for new companies and uh, projects which will actually do the same, but like web freeway. So yeah, I think this is really, really huge. I think it will impact a lot. I think all the web will change in the next, let's say five to 10 years. Yeah, so you think it's a five to 10 year time horizon on us really kind of hitting the peak of this adoption yes this is what, I, what what it feels for me right right now uh, as i said it can it can change because still right now this space is still small so i i just said it also like in, in an interview before like when there is again some event maybe it will be some regulation or some uh fat which will um result in next crypto winter I think this can make slow down the things because then a lot of people who are just there excited because of yeah them flipping some some coins or some NFTs and making money they will of course leave and only the real builders will stay. This could of course um, slow down the um, adoption, but overall I am very bullish on this uh, whole field because also as I said companies like uh, Facebook which are now going into metaverse they will not just stop all of their endeavors from one year to another after investing so much into this technology and developing this space they of course will push and more companies will come so yeah it's okay. a bright <laughs> bright future uh, awaits us and of course the whole web3 will benefit from it you said a couple of sound bites which I want to unpack shortly but you mentioned one thing, Dow. I'm just conscious there'll be many folks listening to this who will have, won't have a bloody clue on what a Dow actually is. Serge, what's a Dow? The centralized autonomous organization. I I'm. It might be the next form of the normal company, the next LLC and stuff. I, I see a lot of projects right now organize themselves as a DAO. It means there is a collective ownership of the whole project. And yes, DAOs usually release their token, their coins, and then basically the, you can imagine them like stocks. And the, the more coins you, you possess, the more voting power you have on the pro proposals which are coming from the community. So basically everyone who is in the community also has usually some of this coins like everyone who's in the DAO also possesses some parts of it and then of course they drive towards some goal and those goals are usually proposed um, on some forums like there are different platforms how to do it and there you can write your proposal and say hey we do need to change let's say like, simple example we want to change our login login button on our application let's say yes and then the people can vote for it and say hey like this could be the design should we should we go and change it and then there will also be developers who will implement this and the cool thing is also usually the developers who who are doing this they are getting paid and the tokens of the DAO 
right? So this is very interesting because everyone, also the developer, then maybe if it's an external developer, still becomes then a part of a DAO because uh, he or she will get paid in those tokens. And this again makes you more invested, more interested in performing better because you know, okay, all I do is influencing the project um, or like let's say the company and uh, towards growth, growth hopefully. Mm. Yeah, I'm seeing some interesting projects within the DAO world, specifically within biomedical research. So I'm seeing a few universities doing early stage drug discovery research but in the form factor of a DAO, meaning the contributors of ideas, IP, data, actually have skin in the game and have ownership in the future upside if that research leads to a, a license or a novel drug. So, yeah, it it is fascinating on how DAOs could replace the LLC because the, the LLC, when it was formed, was a huge innovation, right? Mm-hmm. where you have limited liability so then you can attract investors you can hire people you can have people uh employees have equity in the entity and yeah hello i mean if you, there's actually a book the name slips my mind and it talks about the history of an nlc and how uh meaningful of an innovation that was in the capital markets but dow seems to just take it to a whole new dimension uh, and i'm guessing the the possibilities are mind-boggling, right? You know what this seems like, Serge? We're discussing some of the macros here, NFTs, DAO, social tokens, Web3. But I, I, I think in probably six, seven years' time, we're just going to fall out, of, fall out of our chairs thinking, wow, I never knew this was even possible. Because it's like with Web1, could we have imagined Uber, Airbnb, Absolutely right? agreeing like, with you. you. Think of that, right? Web one yes. was just read, right? It was like basically skeuomorphic ideas. So, analog magazine I read online. That was Web one. I remember. I'm old enough, so to remember it. Where it's Same. Just basically, you're basically reading a magazine online, right? Which was kind of cool, but that's what it was. Who would have thought back in 1997 there would be a supercomputer in your pocket and you can hail? Uh, a limousine in three seconds and it will yep. take you there fascinating like, you'd never you'd have no fucking idea that's even possible right because you just can't even imagine those extrapolated concepts Yes, absolutely agreeing with you. This is, I think, how technology adoption also is usually. I mean, um, I have a good example for this as well with the iPhone. So I, I guess you also had like one of the first iPhones back then. Yeah, I, I, I was in the queue, buddy. In back awesome. In awesome. So uh, maybe you imagine, uh, like remember still how it was uh, done back then, the interface. So for example, <laughs> your co- contact um, and um, your phone book, it was looking very squamorphic. It was looking like a real phone book. Do you remember this? But to be fair, yeah, I remember, and I remember being with V1, slightly underwhelmed, the battery life, other things. But it, yeah, it looked like a, a, yeah, it was a skeuomorphic UI where it was just like a, 
It looked like an analog version of a phone book. Yeah, I remember. Exactly. So they tried to make it as simple as possible for the people because people just expect what they know from the real world, what they know from the everyday life. They kind of expect to see it here again. And I think this is what we also see right now with the Web3 and the NFT space. So people replicating trading cards, they replicating the vouchers ideas, right? And some of them also starting to experiment and doing something bigger, something more completely, let's say, Web3 native. But this is a long way there. So this is why we just right now trying to adapt everything we know from Web 2 kind of to Web 3 kind of style. There are people talking about, okay, how the Spotify Web 3 will look like and stuff like this. But uh, I think once we are there, and I guess your, 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 your time frame of 7 to 10 years, I think is pretty nice. Then we will see some very solid products which are, uh, in use cases, which are completely evolved from this um, web free native space and this will definitely blow our minds I, I really i'm really curious for this time i think this our world will change a lot and we're right now in the beginning since so exciting for me to be here and you know witness it and be a part of it it's great yeah it's interesting yeah it seems like we are going to have winners of basically web 2 ideas which have web 3 dna right like I can see winners there, but those winners are not mind-blowing to me. They're super cool, don't get me wrong. The fact of digital scarcity and digital ownership, that in itself is freaking awesome, right? Let's face it, right? As the first piece of low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. It's going to be when we're at that Airbnb, Uber phase of where we're like, holy shit, I didn't even know that was possible right or what what you see in some software applications like i I know it's quite an analog idea but even what you can do with slack now or discord it's pretty cool right if you compare that to web 1.5 in terms of the the ui ux and, and the capability of the software that discord offer right so it's it's uh yeah i think it's gonna evolve a lot there's one project actually Serge which I think is non-skeuomorphic have you heard of a project called loot does that of course about? of course I heard about it. it was very it made a big news in the web free space and the nft twitter <laughs> yeah that seems crazy right like actually obviously you're the expert here could you explain loot for the audience uh, let me try. So basically what you buy are just words describing your items. So loot is project focused on Dungeons and Dragons kind of game. And it describes your uh, kind of like character. It's like what, what are you, like an elf or an orc, which weapons you can have. And it describes it visually. It's just a black box with those words written on it on, in Times New Roman, nothing else. And then I think also as a property in a metadata level, so it has a JSON file linked to it. And I think as a property, so it also has the same words as properties. And uh, the idea was basically that you have this loot, you have it in your wallet, and then you, they play a lot of this concept of the, what I mentioned before, interoperability. So it means, okay, you have, for example, this elf with golden bow, and then you join any game which kind of supports uh, supports this and it supports the loot. And then when you join this game, inside this game, you indeed have this elven character and you have this item. So you don't have 
in your wallet, you don't have a visual representation of those items or something like this. But when you join a game which builds upon loot, and there are like a lot of it's why it got so high because a lot of developers committed to it and said, yeah, we are building games which kind of utilizing those items, those concepts, and of course also more because loot is very limited, only 10,000. Like imagine you have a popular game, you have way more than 10,000 players. But yeah, so basically you can log in wherever and you get kind of these items, even though you yourself only possess this blueprint of it. And I think this is what got the people excited and there a lot of projects started from it, also describing maps, so basically describing worlds, just as words. Um, so yeah, I think, I hope this was simple enough explanation. I myself not involved in loot. I also don't possess any loot. So it's how I can describe it best. Yeah, when I heard of loot and I was just trying to wrap my head around it, I just attached it to infinite composability, right? Like you can just continue to build on top of that original canonical, right? Yes. It It's no different from the original canonical of Bitcoin, right? When Satoshi wrote the white paper, he kind of left a framework and with a white paper and then the community built on top of it, right? Like, that's one of the most, and that's become a trillion dollar asset, right? Mm-hmm. But it originally was, it's similar to loot, right? It was just a, a, it was a white paper. All the picks and shovels were there, kind of the early stage ones. And then he said to community, go ahead, build, do what you want. Yes. Yes. It's a um, good, good comparison. Yeah. comparison. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing Ethereum might be similar, but, but, but with some nuance. So, Got it. That loot, that this unlimited composability piece, where you've got these infinite Lego blocks and contributors all across the world, you can add to a project, and then when they add and devote time and energy, that manifests in digital ownership. Like, I think that's gonna that's gonna change how innovation is executed. Like, don't you think there's how company like companies how BMW or Tesla or Panasonic innovate, they might even build products in that way. This is a very good thought. I I think this is, yeah, probably this is even will happen and ha- happen sooner than later because this is the best way you get this collective mind uh, doing this all, all for you. This is what I meant, what I tried to describe before with this. When you feel like you are part of it, you really own and you will be heard because you hold some of those tokens or like hold some of those NFTs. Um, and you can, of course, build on it because everything is openly accessible on the on the blockchain. This gets your mind excited and you get like best ideas out there. So yes, I definitely think this is a great way how you describe it will happen. Yes. And I think the companies which will do it first will get the highest, uh, the biggest advantage. Like I mentioned the example before with Uber. So when every time the drivers, let's say, drive someone and they will really own, like you get paid in tokens and tokens are basically representing as a share of this, um, of this Uber of Web3, let's say. Um, I can also imagine a lot of uh, better like input from the drivers because they are then motivated to really influence something and even get get more of those of those tokens, more of those ownership. So, uh, or even building building on top of it something. So I, I can imagine a lot there. And I think the companies which will first adopt this, um, which form, what whatever form, like maybe just like an experiment first, will be very successful as they tipping into this collective mind kind of thing. You know, you know, it's interesting when you said, obviously, the, the Uber example analogy you gave there. Obviously, 
then they have ownership, then they have skin in the game, then they're even more committed. You know, one way you see it already, which is fucking is crazy because their energy and their work ethic is insane, is all those YouTube influencers, let's face it, they're talking their book, right? So if someone's a Solana degen, they love Swell. You can't even call Solana degening now. It's, it's, it's a great platform. But if you have ex-influencer who's invested early in a particular protocol, the amount of energy they kind of deploy on writing content about that protocol, the ecosystem, the people, the applications, the future, the technology, it's insane because they have ownership, right? Yes. Ownership in the picks and shovels. Like that was never possible before. If you look at web one or web two, you can't own TCIP. You can't own AWS or the cloud division of Microsoft Azure, right? Like yep. then you're not incentivized to beat the drum and, and build and do stuff and put all your blood, sweat and tears into it because you're like, mm, what's my real return for my time and energy? Where it seems like the energy in Web3, it's unprecedented. Like you see on YouTube, like people, they're doing like three, four videos a day. Well, if you Crazy. see the artists right now, the same, they don't sleep, the artists as well. Like, and I've seen some of the best work from those people right now because of all, all of this. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you obviously, you see some projects like Audius who have 7 million monthly active users, which potentially would challenge Spotify. So, so that's, that's really interesting as well. And so, so obviously we, we discussed NFTs and that core primitive, but obviously I'm, 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 I'm conscious our, our conversation is hugely biased because it's happy years, right? We're only talking the positive things, but Serge, there's been a lot of challenges, right? Let's face it. Some of the, obviously the infrastructure bill in the U S where they drafted the term broker as like, so broad like everyone's a broker within that agreement so it does have an impact on everyone and you're seeing in europe us obviously we see what's happening in asia kind of crack down from governments but what, what do you think some of the challenges are ahead like 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 real challenges for for this to really kind of get that huge adoption that we all think it can sure so first of all, I think regulation is needed to get the mass adoption. So yeah, maybe some of the rules will be first very, you know, like hurtful and also cause some maybe winter or like a bear market, let's say. But I think this is the only way to get the, the real mass adoption. And uh, b besides that, what are the challenges are definitely, let's say from the technological side, yeah, we on Ethereum at least, we are waiting for the release of Ethereum 2, where they change from proof of work to proof of stake, which will reduce the energy consumption of the blockchain by 99% um, set by them. So uh, I think this is what we're waiting for because also right now this um, Ethereum, for example, it's not meant for millions of people <laughs> to to use it uh, like every second because right now even it's already overloaded with transactions and you can see it on the high gas prices, on the high gas fees you need to pay for this network. It was never originally, I guess, it was they have never thought about this high 
huge scalability <laughs> problem which we have they have right now. So I think this is currently a big problem. We have, of course, like let's say so-called Ethereum killers like Solana, for example, or we also have Flowchain, um, which are of course solving this. They have already proof of stake built in, and fees are low, and transactions are super fast. Uh, the problem there is they are not decentralized enough. So I think um, we still have this infrastructure problems which needs to need to be solved. And a lot of people have also, myself included, hope to this release upgrade to Ethereum 2, where a lot of these problems will be fixed. Then uh, let's say when we go more to the to the customer, to the UX side of the whole thing, of course, also there we need a lot of development to make it um, more friendlier. Because right now you create your wallet, you have your pass a seed phrase, and when you lose it or someone gets it, you basically screwed. There's no admin you can call, no one co- who can help you basically. So if it's gone, it's gone. It can be, for example, if you have all of your identity bound to this wallet, for example, imagine then you get it stolen. It's, it can have a, such, a, it can really destroy your whole life. And I think this needs to be worked on. And there are already some solutions how we have kind of social recovery that you say you have like only piece of your seed phrase and you, for example, uh, share it with um, three other people from your inner circle. So everyone has a part of it. So even if someone from, from, from the circle gets uh, attacked or something like this, you're not losing everything. So there are concepts uh, working on this, but it's nothing which is already standardized. And it's a big problem for the mass adoption, I think, because yeah, many people, they just cannot like have one password, which you can never lose, it can never change. And, and, and this to bind the whole, let's say, capital and their identity, I think it's a very high thing to to ask from someone just to to bind it basically if you want one time if you post it somewhere or you lose it it's all screwed so i think this is one of the bigger problems there and again what i see also right now a lot in the space of course because what you know from crypto so many traders and let's say also many scammers which been in crypto before i was right now into the free space and trying to of course um scam you somehow so i think uh, this uh, this also uh, needs to be reduced and for example you said discord is an amazing app but they for example really hardly can keep up with this because so much um, scam is happening right now on discord especially in all of these nft projects and on their servers the people getting dms with some links you click on this link and they somehow try to steal your seed phrase try to steal your wallet and happens a lot so i think it's very unfriendly for someone who is getting new to the space you need a lot of explanation saying hey don't click any links never share your seed phrase even if they say they are your admin they they are even if they say they are your mother never sit your never share your seed phrase stuff like this you need to explain this and i think this needs to to be changed be more more friendlier um, so we can get uh the, the mass adoption, but it's getting worked on it. And I think a perfect example for this is the upcoming release of Coinbase NFT. They're working a lot on, on this, like how to make it super simple for people to open a wallet, to get somehow a backup phrase, how, how yeah, explain videos, like how not to get scammed and stuff like this. And also Discord, I think they, they're fighting a lot right now versus this uh, scams. They recently implemented the report button. So the things are moving. It's interesting. You covered the UI UX piece. I think that's a huge dimension. I couldn't agree with you more, Serge, because it, obviously MetaMask and fair play to them. They have tried. They've got to, what, 12 million monthly active users, which is tiny, but still kind of a good signal for the future. 21 million, but, no? Oh, it's oh, shit. It's 21. Correct me if I'm wrong, 21. I say it's growing, right? That, which is great. But most people who use MetaMask 
they're like, holy shit, like this is so confusing. Gas fees, this, that, moving from a stable coin to another asset and then going back to a stable coin, then going trying to go back to fiat. Like it like that's not gonna that's not gonna create mass adoption. No way. Like my sister's not gonna use that. And obviously then you've got Phantom Wallet, which I hear good things, where people who do use that say, look, it's smooth, very simple. But again, the, all the nomenclature is very crypto, quite Web3 hardcore still. So it seems like if someone can nail that, where someone non-Web3 can just go on their phone and use it and doesn't even have to think about the blockchain, blah, blah, blah. They just understand the use case. I think that's that's going to be a huge moment. It seems like people are working hard and fast, but how far do you think we are from that? Because that's I still don't see any some huge progression on that front. I think we see, we'll see a lot of a huge progression that front in the upcoming like one or two years. Especially, I think Facebook will push something out there that you maybe can even if you have a Facebook account or something like this, you somehow can generate a wallet. Uh, it depends on their plans. I don't know if they're planning to really also join, like let's say something decentralized like Ethereum, or if they will build something on their own. But I think companies like Facebook or Microsoft, or in this case, as I said before, Coinbase are working hard on this to, to make it as simple as possible. And of course, I mean, they want more users uh, and, and uh, this is their motivation to get more into this. MetaMask, on the other hand, they just released um, the part of consensus and they just released this news. I think yesterday it was that they got a new round of investment of 200 million USD. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I believe maybe this is meant that they will now invest even more into the MetaMask. Of course, uh, what I know before, like right now, the MetaMask was always kind of more this developer thing. It was built for by developers for developers, and they're now trying to bring some better UX into it. But of course, it's very confusing for someone. Like it, the apps needs to be as simple to install and to use as, as WhatsApp, I would say. And yeah. uh, there, I think we are really like a year or two away but I, I'm pretty sure like the company, like big companies will solve this definitely because it's in their interest as they want to have more people using their services. So like more people going into Web3 overall. So yeah, I think this will be solved in the next uh, one, two years. I, I'm pretty, pretty sure. Yeah, I, I hope so. Because I think that's going to be great for not only for the OGs in this space, who will probably appreciate it as well, let's face it, but also kind of Joe Public, right? kind of get, getting that mass adoption and getting that that hockey stick that everyone talks about. But Serge, I, I was looking online, I can see you were speaking at a BMW Future Forum where they had a track around Web3. That's interesting. So how is that linked to kind of the automotive space? What, what were some of the topics being discussed or what are some of the blue sky ideas within the classic OEM space? Ah, interesting. Uh, this this was uh, indeed a forum. I just was was there yesterday, and it's it's more like a future. Um, it's a series of of just um, like events which are talking about the future technologies. And BMW they are sponsoring this series of the events. So basically, the events sometimes they're talking about Web three, but they can also talk about artificial intelligence, augmented reality, whatever. 
So it's it's not that BMW made a, a statement there about Web3 on NFTs. It's more like they looking into it, right? And they, this is why they're sponsoring all of this future talk and uh, yeah, about, about these technologies. So yeah, there were no no statements made about them going into into yeah. this space at least yet. Uh, but I guess it will not um, leave alone anyone. Like everyone will, will at some point uh, implement some kind of web-free strategy or even maybe as simple as releasing some NFTs. Look, uh, you know, like imagine you own a car and then you also own the NFT to this car basically as, as, a, as a proof of your ownership as well on the blockchain with, with this car. And then imagine all this NFT has all this technical information which you usually only find in the book which you need to find in the car first. So you have it like directly in digital. I can imagine a lot there. I think also many brands will uh, leverage this. Actually, yesterday, uh, Adidas dropped their first yeah. POAP NFT. So proof of attendance uh, protocol, it's called, but it's basically kind of NFT. So Adidas dropped the first NFTs, so I think brands. And uh, I also want to add this to, to what we spoke before about MetaMask and like having better user onboarding. I think brands like Adidas and co, they are also super interested uh, in getting the people uh, on board with these NFTs and stuff like this. Maybe I can even imagine some brands creating a very nice on-ramp to get people just uh, create their wallet. And then, of course, once the wallet is created on the... Uh, web free space you can of course use whatever wallet application you want so this can be also yeah. good good kind of, yeah we actually okay. had uh, a chap called diego who's part of the adidas team on our pod actually uh literally earlier this week so it was great to see what adidas dropped in that space and, and this is just version one right like they're probably gently dipping their toes it will be fascinating to see um yes how that evolves in the sports apparel market yeah, for sure. Maybe some addition yeah. to that. So they dropped it yesterday for free. So it could claim it for free. It's it's uh, via POP and it's done in XDAI chain. And if you pay some gas fees, you can transfer it to Ethereum mainnet. And they, of course, also made it limited, scarce. They I think only like 10,000 of these uh, NFTs, which are just the Adidas logo in 3D rotating. Mm -hmm. And imagine what, already today morning, the cheapest you could buy on OpenSea was 0.2 ETH for something which was for free yesterday yeah holy shit yeah it's um i mean that to me that's got bubble dna surge like when you see stuff like i mean it's great that they've done it i love it i mean adidas is an amazing brand but when you have something dropped for free and then it starts pumping the next day and there is no utility yet I mean, I feel there's a bubble around NFTs at the moment. Like, the, the technology is going to be great, but there's there seems to be this kind of early, typical 2017-ish feel to it. Not as crazy as ICOs. I'm not saying that because it's legit brands, great brands, and there there is some utility. But just all the volume and price action on OpenSea and I think Foundation App in art, I mean, they have more serious art, but it's still crazy price action. That seems like that's kind of nearing its top. What do you think? I mean, that's just my opinion. I could be wrong, but what's your thoughts? Uh, for me, it reminds me of what happened uh, in the end with, to the internet companies in the beginning of 2000s, right? Like as we had this uh, dot-com bubble. And um, I, this reminds me of, of this. I think many NFT projects, especially those where there's no big brand behind it or no... Uh, let's say team which is publicly known just some anonymous guys uh, who creating some kind of nft project i think most of them will fail 
because yeah i mean it's maybe you can pull pull off some some cool art and some nice roadmap but uh the um, let's say the hard part is the execution so keeping a team together for one more than one year like make them motivated like just like a normal company it's it's hard to build a team like this is why most of the startups fail because they cannot build a proper team together it's not just because sometimes the idea of course is bad but the other thing is the team is not 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 good working together and i think here is the same like but if we have a brand like adidas i think behind it um i i cannot imagine them like abandon uh, those things if they're already like starting exploring it this why i think also in, in this case maybe it's not a and a bubble with, with their brand but i would say most of the nft projects you can find right now on open they will not be worth the money you pay right now for it they will probably not to be even worth the gas fee <laughs> you need to pay <laughs> to sell them <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a couple of months even so because of course everyone is trying to create something also because open sea is i think still a relatively small company and they do this whole reporting requests um manually they sometimes you can even fall for a scam because someone just copy art from some artist from somewhere else and just puts it like it looks like legit and you can go into it and buy it and it's a fake fake collection so there are a lot of problems there as well so yeah, yeah. i would be careful with what i buy uh, on open market yeah open sea um because a lot of them of course will probably just be scams and we will not deliver what they promise even if they are so, as I said, sometimes people put their real name out there, but still, who can guarantee you that they will deliver what they promise? This is why I like, of course, some brands or like some some projects where are some some brands behind it. And I think Adidas is a good example for this. Looking forward to what they will make with their yeah. The utility is not defined yet, but I'm looking forward to what will come. Yeah, I think what Adidas done yesterday is awesome because you raise a really key point there, Serge. They've got legacy, right? Products, amazing athletes, phenomenal history. So them following through on anything that they compose into an NFT, they've got skin in the game, right? Reputation risk, brand risk. So they're going to follow through without doubt, right? And they've got a great track record of following through on product. So yeah, I think the big brands coming into this space, I think those are going to be the, the really interesting outcomes and obviously some of the emergent brands as well which will build in different maybe, maybe one more thought into this because I, I told you before like that you can uh, can yeah everything is open on the blockchain so what i see often happen even if, if one project let's say had cool original art and the team already left but nfts are let's say out there and the community is out there you still it is still possible to revive the project because just our developers or let's say, yeah, our entrepreneurs can come there and say, hey, we built something on top of this NFTs. So with Adidas, let's imagine they they say, okay, NFTs are not for us. They will leave the space again. But there right now 10,000 of those um, Adidas pop-ups out there, right? So some other sneaker company can come and say, you know what? Because you have this, you maybe can now have 30% um, uh, off one product on our on our website or something like this you know they can leverage that because it's all open there and you can read the blockchain so they can say hey connect with the wallet in our shop you have this adidas pop-up hey we will give you 30 percent off or let's say 30 percent off on any adidas in our web shop something like this i can imagine that and it's, it's possible so you can see even if adidas says hey we are not using this nft ourselves there will be no utility done 
someone else can still build something on it. And I think this is the magic of Web3 because of this, everything is openly available on the blockchain and everyone can use it. Yeah, I, can't, yeah, I think that the way it's completely open, completely composable, it's going to be limitless, right? It's just down to human ingenuity on what's possible. I, I can agree with that more. There's one concept which was crazy, Serge, which I think I heard it. I think I heard Tim Ferriss randomly just spitball this idea. And then I think I just had a, a dream about it randomly because it just kind of maybe just got to a part of my brain, which I thought was just really deep and and also really compelling. So if you look at So Rare, right? You, you know the, the team at So Rare in France? Yes, yes, I know the, the project. Great, yeah. great project. So, Amazing. I, I think So Rare's like, and Socius, I, I think they're, they're fucking cool. Like, that's a no-brainer in the sports market, but it's interesting, right? With So Rare, obviously they create their own fantasy league, right? And, and that's been a, around for a long while in Web 1 and Web 2, right? Even Web 1 Web 5, where people create their own fantasy leagues. But now what you're going to have is people create their own dream team. Obviously you can track the performance of the players and then each player token goes up, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of an obvious use case, but now you've got real value associated with it. So I think you're going to have huge excitement and adoption, people aping into joining So Rare and trading the cards and building fantasy dream teams around the cards and they'll create a league around that. And I think they're already doing that. But this is even more crazy. I actually think you're going to have like a Sabre metrics moment. So you, you know that movie with uh, Brad Pitt? Uh, I forgot the name of it. It's the baseball. Uh, yes, uh, yes. And I, I know that movie. Uh, yes, uh, Moneyball, right? Yeah, Moneyball. Yeah, Moneyball, right? You're probably going to have some big tech organization or investor come in saying, I've tracked a fantasy league team. It actually does well. Why don't we assemble that team in real life? Brilliant. Yes. So the canonical of that team in the analog world was born from so rare. And that team in the real world wins the Champions League, wins the La Liga, the Premier League, whatever league they're in, wins the wins UEFA Cup, whatever cup. But the canonical of that team was originally from so rare. Imagine I can imagine the, that. Amazing. Imagine yes. the fucking imagine the fandom around that crazy like yes it would be, why couldn't that happen because because you could because you say okay this player plays right back left back this defenders look at their stats you go and also when you're signing those players look at the attraction to those players and say listen do you want to play in a web three dimension and in terms of your salary is and look at incentive a it's a brand new way of assembling a team so really really sexy and compelling to probably a pro athlete. Also, let's face it, their agents, their pay scale, their pay, they, their pay, pay scale could be off the charts in this Web3 format because their performance is not only their salary, but we know it increases their value of their token. Like, it, it's insane how you could attract players with that model. Absolutely. This is this is a great use case. I think this is already where you think already beyond what we have right now and really like more this native born thing. 
amazing, right? Yes. And look at the fans you could attract. Oh no, I'm I'm a I'm, you could form new clubs and you'd have fans saying, "Oh, we're Web three fans. We only support Web three type franchises." Or you would have classic franchises like Manchester United, Liverpool saying, "Holy shit, we need to adapt to a Web three model." And if you're the owner of that club, why wouldn't you? Your returns are huge, and let's face it, they buy the clubs for the returns. But yeah, they love the sports, and of course, they're passionate about the sport. But let's face it, it's a business, right? It's a business. I so, can imagine a DAO running something like this. Imagine you have a DAO which putting these teams together, like a like a football DAO, which which will then collect the same way I told you, like yesterday, they, they collected 30 million for constitution. Imagine like this DAO collecting the money to attract the best players. <laughs> yeah, it, it's you would it would be crazy. You you you'd you, and 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 it would be data driven because each player you'd know their performance, you know how many yards they run, and then obviously using saber metrics type machine learning obviously you'd still have a manager of course it's not going to be like a a cyborg team right but right. it's but it's the convergence of web3 machine learning best in class sports coaching to create the ultimate sports franchise for the web3 era which has revenues and growth you can't even fathom totally agree with you probably will come will come sooner than we think probably <laughs> i think Amazing. that might happen sooner. sorry i'm going we're going a bit nuts here it's kind of end of the week so i'm just kind of uh, i feel like i'm drunk at the moment but it just it just got me thinking that thought and i actually dreamt about it afterwards i was like holy shit i will not be surprised if if that happens because it's kind of happening anyway in the analog world the way yep. sports franchises are purchased and the revenues pumped into them and the players join. This won't be surprising, but sorry, Serge, I'm completely spinning off there and rambling on about a completely different topic. But, but Serge, I mean, today's been a, a great conversation, but in terms of your goals now, I can see you're currently an entrepreneur at Stealth Startup, I can see on LinkedIn. Can you tease the audience on roughly what you're working on or, or, or the ecosystem you're trying to build something in? Sure, uh, we'll happily do so. Um, I'm supporting multiple projects right now, usually like a, from a product and growth side. So, and like le leading the developer teams often, uh, often. But the one project, let's just say, where I'm focusing right now most of my time, uh, I will also announce it soon on LinkedIn, uh, working together with a brilliant team uh, we're already like, um, I think, over 18 people. And this will be video for Web3, video for the metaverse. So imagine you have something like Google Meet or Zoom, where you don't log in with your email and password, but where you log in with your wallet. And then you can have your NFT as your profile picture. You select an NFT, for example, and then you also get a virtual background, which matches this NFT theme. Or you can even have your face swapped. For example, you own a CryptoPunk, you go into the meeting, and this will be meetings for Web3 for the metaverse. So there you don't want your official first name, last name. There you want your name, which you have in the metaverse, right? And then also, of course, usually the people right now who are in the Web3 into the metaverse, they associate very strongly with their profile pictures, with their NFTs. So when you then select this CryptoPunk, let's say, 
uh, and it becomes your face and you don't even need to set up anymore because of course we for the ux we save this and when you log in it's already all set up and you're just there with your cyber crypto punk um, hat replacement and just can have your calls or your videos video meetings like this or recordings I think this is what will excite the people and it's what we are working on. And then later, of course, also token gated meetings. Like imagine you have a company and you have a free company. So you release your own NFT, your own token for every employee. So we'll have kind of a batch. And this is the security thing. And then you can even leak this meeting link on Facebook, on LinkedIn, wherever. People cannot get in because they don't have, they connected the wallet and they will see, hey, you don't have the NFT, which allows you to join the meeting. Sorry. So this is what, what what I'm working on. And yeah, I will share some more information soon. Uh, mm, it's interesting. So, ah, oh, this is interesting. This kind of gated way of having access is compelling, right? Because we do this in the analog world. VIP access, special room access. Humans already have that habit for a very long time, right? Yeah. This is just a digital form factor of it. Yes, definitely. This is also big for, for the creators, I think. I, I can imagine in the near future already a um, lot of creators having their streams token-gated. So basically you need to buy some NFT of a creator and then you basically can access the stream wherever it is. And the cool thing for the creator is, of course, they can just select which uh, streaming platform they want to use. And they're pretty free because they say, okay, it doesn't matter which, which link I sent you. You can only get in when you have the NFT. NFT is your key. But you don't need to know, the, have a login on a specific platform or something like this. All you need is just to reach to this link somehow. And then you will get into the meeting or the video stream, whatever. I think this will be huge because it makes the people, again, more independent. And um, yeah, you can have this. Yeah, you know actually exactly how many people have this NFT, which allow them to join the meeting. Like you have, like say, ten thousand of them. They know this is the maximum capacity. Like how many people can even watch? It's pretty cool. Well, Serge, we're going to keep a close eye on this project. Thanks for sharing. I mean, we could probably talk for hours today because it's been fascinating learning about your journey and. And, and thank you for unpacking NFTs, various other vectors of Web3. Um, we definitely got to do part two, buddy, because I, I don't think an hour was enough. But uh, it, it would be great to have you back on maybe in uh, Q2 of next year and see how the story is unfolding in the market. Awesome. Would love to join this uh, episode again. And uh, it was a pleasure talking to you, Ray. Really such an amazing conversation. And I see how we pass ball from one head to another and creating even more ideas in the space. Very inspiring. So thank you for being here. Nice one, Serge. Hopefully see you soon, buddy. Take care. Take care. And there you have it, everyone, for today's episode with Sergey Lotz. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, be sure to hit that subscribe button. And if you love today's episode, share this out with a friend or colleague who you feel like could really benefit from today's podcast. Again, if you want to get your free copy of The Definitive Guide to Connective Innovation Intelligence, where you're going to learn how to unlock your limitless innovation potential with connected innovation intelligence, head over to patsnap.com or click the link in the description of this podcast below. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We'll be back with another one. Continue to embrace your childlike wonder and stay curious. Stay curious.